Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 972 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. Joined today, we got a great crew today. We got JD Raider, we got Ben Funky Asker, and today, special guest, four time World Olympic champion, two time Hodge Trophy winner, David Taylor, the magic man. DT, what's going on, man? How are you? Doing good, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. Incredible weekend of wrestling, opening weekend of wrestling. There's so much to get to, truly. You know, we had an international tournament. Jordan Burroughs returned down at 74 kilograms. And yet, the topic of discussion is this high schooler, Marcus Blaze, pulling the an upset that I think is sort of without precedent in high school wrestling. Um, partially because the opportunity is not always there. But Marcus Blaze takes out number one ranked in college, Matt Ramos. Uh, David, starting with you, what were your thoughts on, on this result, this match? Was it an upset like this on your radar when you heard this match was going to happen? I mean, honestly, when I saw the bracket and I saw that Blaze and Forrest were wrestling in, what, the quarters? And then the winner got to Ramos. I felt that the winner of that match was, I don't know if I really expected them to win, but I thought it was going to be competitive. Like, I really thought that. Um, So I wasn't surprised. When I saw that he won, it wasn't, like, a big surprise to me. Um, I just think that these kids are really good. Um, And I don't know. I mean, it's hard. Like, I I, I had this conversation with some of these kids the other day, and I'm like, man, going to a college open, it's like going back to a junior high wrestling tournament. That's, like, what it feels like. (laughs) It's just weird. The vibe's weird. It's like long days. There's no organization. So as a college guy, you know, you're, and then you're all of a sudden like you're wrestling these like really good high school kids. It's just probably hard to get pumped up for that, you know. And um, we're on the flip side. The high school kids are super excited. Man, it's an amazing opportunity, you know. So it's just probably a, a clash of, you know, a lot of different things going on. But you know, long story short, I, I wasn't really that surprised. Um, but I did like to see that Ramos came back and battled back for third. You know, like it would have been easy for him to just cash chips in and be done in tournament so um but yeah it was, it was really good wrestling hey let me ask you guys a question because uh obviously blaze's brother goes to purdue mm-hmm. um do you think they've trained together at all do you think they had a factor and then you know i, I agree with david that both these guys were really good but then the thing that kind of led me to believe maybe it won't be that competitive is that ramos did tech forest i think at the same tournament last year so uh, I know they're really good, but maybe it won't be that close. 
Um, do you think them trained to get possibly trained together? I don't know if they have or not. Would have made a difference. They have trained together. I think that's okay. a little bit of what we saw there. I I thought that we'd see a more assertive, aggressive Ramos early, especially you're going against a high school kid. And I thought he was way, I don't know if cagier is the word, but a little more selective in his attacks yeah. than, than I would have anticipated. And then... He was close on a couple high crotches. Extremely close. Um, yes. But yeah, I think that, that, that training familiarity is a part of it. David, I kind of wanted to go back to something you said about just the high school kids are, are so good. Uh, right now, and we're talking, you know, Bo Bassett won this tournament, and you got Jax Forrest, he's beaten a lot of good college guys, and Marcus Blaze did what he did yesterday, and you think about a couple things, one, the technical development for these guys is obviously really high, but you would have thought a high school junior going against a, a seasoned college wrestler, there'd be such a physical gap why do we think we're, we're seeing maybe that go away a little bit? Obviously, the technical thing is getting made up, and I'd, I'd be curious for your answer to that, but you would think the physicality would be more of an issue than it seems to be right now. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I would expect the same, but I would say, you know, these high, the good high school kids are, you know, they're getting exposed to so much high-level wrestling now. I mean, they're getting invited to every single training camp. Every single national team camp, training camp that we go to in Colorado Springs, the best high school kids are there, right? So they're getting their hands on these guys. And senior-level athletes grab them a lot, you know, because they're pretty good, good feel, you know. So they're getting kind of exposed to that. And they're at the competitive weight class. You know, these kids are, you know, they're world-level guys, like U17 world-level, world champion, world finalist-level kids. So... Um, I just think their expectations are shifting and changing. I don't think that I, I honestly don't believe that any of those high school kids went there with the intent to just compete. I think every one of them, like these ones we're talking about, they thought they were going to win, which is pretty incredible that that's like what they thought, you know. So, I mean, just really, just um, I think their mindset shifted. You know, I think now kids are going to these high, college tournaments like they actually think they're going to win, whether they are or not going to. I think that, and that's the way they're wrestling. So really, it's just credit to them and their mentality, I think. Well, I, I was struggling with this, too, because um, I've seen a recent NCAA champion and a high school number one in the room together, and it's not all that competitive, even despite a weight discrepancy. Um, I'm sure you guys can guess who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I looked through, as I looked through the college rankings right now, you know, it's like, okay, I looked at the number one, Staraki, Kekai's, and Brooks. Which high school kid would be competitive with them? And it's like, I don't think any. So then it makes me think, is this an abnormality? Is this like a, these guys are just past their years and, you know, it's like, uh, I was thinking about the group of like Suriano, Yanni, Fix, and Spencer who kind of all wrestled each other a lot, you know, kind of growing up. Like, is this just a similar group of guys? And obviously with the group of guys that is mentioned, a lot of them were probably too small early on in their high school career to actually compete at the weight class, right? They didn't get bigger till a little bit later. Um, I don't. What do you guys think about that thought or theory? Well, I think that yeah, I, I think way different. I think wrestling um, 125, 133 versus a fifth or sixth year senior at 174, 184. That's like that's quite a big difference in strength and maturity. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. Sometimes you just get high school kids that are like world level. I mean, when Logan Steber was in high yeah. school, he beat Angel Escobedo. You know, yeah. and it was just like rare, you know, but Logan was, you know, kind of a freak. Um, and I don't remember going back, like, 
just in, as long as I remember, you don't see you don't really see high school kids doing that very often, you know. So I think maybe it's just every once in a while or perfect storm of events, you know. Maybe like again, like I don't think many college wrestlers are super pumped to go to a college open and wrestle high school kids. They're probably yeah. like, dang, this stinks. So I don't know. It could be a factor of all those things. Um, but I watch Bo's matches actually, and I mean. It's basically what he was doing to those guys, what he's doing to these high school kids. I mean, he was just on them, and the kids just melted. They just were falling apart in the first period. Like, it's just like, man, I don't know. It'd be hard. It'd be hard to be in college and let a high school kid beat you like that. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, that would be tough. Yeah, and I mean, the other thing I think about, too, is that, um, you know, with the high school kids mentioned, like, Jacks Forrest um, and Bo, they've both taken high school losses recently also. So, you know, then what I said previously about, like, them just being a little bit above everyone else, then that doesn't really make sense because they have lost. So, is I mean, then maybe it's just, is it a factor of um, 125 being weak, which is something we've talked about. On, uh, David, you have not. We have talked about FRLs. 125 is not good. But, like, could Bo Bassett be competitive with Vito, who's the number one at the next weight class up, and I kind of feel like uh, maybe not. I mean, I don't want to put it, say it's impossible, but I kind of feel like maybe not. Christian's making a face at me right yeah, now. Yeah, I certainly don't think it's possible <laughs> at this point. Yeah. But Vito's also, you know, we talk about exceptions. we got a senior-level world champion wrestling. Yes. Still collegiately. College We've had a few of those, but it's, it's pretty rare. Uh, maybe contrast a little bit, you know, Dave. Actually, before that, you were talking about some of the – when you get to the OTC camps or whatever, there's a lot of high school kids there. Have you ever wrestled with a high school kid at this, you know, well into your senior level career, and they kind of surprise you, not beat you, but like... Dave, like, has Dang. a high school kid ever whooped your butt? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I'd be retired. I'd be retired. My shoes would be in the middle of the mat. I'd be done. <laughs> not happening. Um, no, yeah, I mean, high school kids are good. Like, it's crazy. You grab them and... It's you, it just it's surprising. I mean, um, but again, these high school kids, a lot of them are coming out of big clubs, you know, with really good high level coaching. Um, again, even when I was in kid, when I was a kid, I mean, clubs weren't really started, so they were just sort of kind of just formulating, you know. So it's still a lot of individual getting together. Dads are running practices, stuff like that, you know. Where now it's these kids are coming up with. 50, I mean, Ben, how long has your club been going for? Uh, we're twelve years now. Years. So you know, some of these like you know like uh, Mitchell, right? He was probably a start to finish guy. So he's been around yep. you for Mulvaney. a long time. What? No, Mulvaney just wanted the clearing open, baby. Let's go, Mulvaney. You know, like yeah. So like I think it's you know, these kids are around high level wrestling and different expectations, and um, they're just a lot better. Like just really good all around. I feel like just really well rounded skill set. So that's the biggest thing. You wrestle like a younger kid. They're not probably ready. They're not really ready to compete with you, like at those camps. But they're good partners. Like they're good wrestlers. Like they they have good reactions. You know, they're a lot of times. You know, we're senior level athletes. Like you know, might be on your second workout of the day and your fourth day of camp. Well, those are great partners to grab, right? Because you you just feel a little bit better, and they give you a good feel. You know, and um, yeah. I mean, it's just evolving. It's evolving so much, and. Uh, but again, we're having so much success at the age group level, right? And that's part of it too. These kids are prioritizing world level competitions at 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. That's a big shift also. So again, I, I just think it's a mentality change. Like these kids are getting good experience. They're wrestling, you know, really high level wrestlers. And um, I think they're shifting their expectations of what 
they want to do when they go to these events. Uh, 100%. Maybe shifting gears a, a little bit, well, certainly a lot, but you mentioned unprecedented success. We're having it at the senior level. You're experiencing it right now, David, and you're kind of the consensus pound-for-pound number one wrestler in the world right now. How does it feel to have a attain that status to have attained you know just such a high level of don- dominance at at the senior level uh i mean as a kid you know i've always i've never chased like being ranked number one or something that's never motivated me um i've always wanted to be number one because i wanted to be the best that was what always motivated me the most so but i i just don't i mean honestly i think as a kid you know when the olympics was always my priority i don't know if being like number one pound for pound rank guy or something was like really what I was aspiring to, but I was aspiring to just go out and dominate people. And I think I've done that since a young age. And when you do that over a long period of time, like those accolades kind of come with that. So yeah, I mean, it's exciting. Um, it doesn't really change much for me. You know, it's something I believe, I believe that I've been that level since a little kid, but, um, you know, just, you're just going to get a little bit better of every other person when you compete, you know, like I, if you just kind of set yourself as the benchmark and, people see that as such so i've always kind of got everybody's best and that'll continue to happen obviously moving forward do you feel like you're wrestling the best you've ever wrestled in your life right now i do that yeah i think that you know i i think i've evolved in many ways as a wrestler and i think that i'm just a lot more complete well-rounded probably than I've, than I've ever been you know I think for the most part I was more of offensive juggernaut you know and um if matches were more competitive you know then maybe that's in the in, in my past those were some of the matches that I struggled in more because I just didn't wrestle in my entire life since I was winning at nine years old I've wrestled very few close matches so you know I think when then those closer matches sometimes I just struggled to make the best decisions and I think as I went through some of that trial process of not making the team there for a handful of years, I had to get better. And then um, in doing so, just kind of evolved mentally that whether it's 10-0 or if it's 4-3 to or if I have to win 9-8, to it didn't really matter. If it was a firefight or if I could start from the beginning and be ahead, um, you know, I feel confident in any of, those, any of those scenarios. And I've been tested in those scenarios over the last, you know, handful of years that I've been competing at the senior level. So... Um, but I feel really good. I mean, I think when I lost to Yazdani in the World Championships in 2021, I uh, realized that before that, when I wrestled him, I just thought I was going to beat him. Right? I was like, just a matter of time, I would beat him. When I lost to him, I had to get better again. And uh, since then, I feel like I've evolved, gotten better, and then I've separated myself from him again, which has been pretty cool. Yeah, that's been very evident in these last two tournaments. And with the Olympics, this is, you know, where it's, technically not an Olympic year, but it's coming up within the year. Um, how much of that is, is, is obviously going to be your focus, but also with you wrestling at such a high level right now, do you look at the Olympics in 24 as a, as a stopping point for your wrestling career? Have you, it's certainly something you probably thought about, but how much are you thinking about 24 might be it or not? I mean, I think there's, there's days that I'm like, yeah, that's it. And there's days that there's still more left, you know? So I feel that it just depends. It depends on um, a lot of factors. I just, you know, after 2024, I'll definitely take a step and, and reevaluate, you know, what's next. Because 
at this level, I feel like after I won it in Tokyo, you know, the world championships don't even seem anything close to that. They just seem like another tournament, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's just like, this is another tournament. I get to wrestle the best guys. It's just the biggest tournament that I can go to. But, you know, wrestling past Tokyo, it was for Paris. It's for the Olympics again. It's the biggest event. You know, once you've wrestled at the highest event, it's hard to go backwards. And although the world championships is still the same, it just doesn't feel the same. So, you know, the Olympics is definitely what I've been looking forward to. I'm really excited this year that we're back, obviously, in the Olympic year. Um, as a competitor, I just want to wrestle in the biggest and the best things. So, you know, the Olympics are this, this year. So after the Olympics, they'll be reevaluating, you know, am I, do I want to do this for four more years or not? And, um, you know, I'll, I just can't make that decision right now and, you know, be making that after the Olympics. And uh, we'll see what what, what happens. You're uh, the the field at 86. How much Yazdani specific training goes into it? I mean, no one has really uh, over the years emerged to be even close to a peer to either of you guys really over the years. Has that surprised you a, a little bit that you guys are still just so far and away? Because even you look at 97 kilograms and this Tazudinov guy kind of comes out of nowhere. Someone's at least emerged where it's been kind of Kyle and Sajulai for so long, but it, it just looks like it's you and Yazdani. Is there anyone else on your radar? Yeah, I mean, I think that the, at 86, the 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 talent's concentrated in, in three countries, but really two countries, right? In the United States, we have four or five really good wrestlers here that are legit best in the world uh, caliber wrestlers. Like if you put all the Americans in a bracket, they're competing for medals, right? Um, we even have Americans that are wrestling for other countries because they can't make the team here that are competitive. Um, Iran, right, with um, Yazdani and Gassampour, they're both world level. And I, I think Gassampour is is pretty good. I think he's actually a better, well-rounded wrestler than Yazdani. I just think Yazdani has the reputation and just the mentality to go out and dominate people. I think his little skill set a little more limited than Gassampour, but, um, but obviously he's really good. And then Russia, right? They got, they're just kind of in an influx of people. I think Nafanov's their best guy. And he got upset this year and they sent the other kid and he wasn't as good. So, but I feel that when you're like for Izani and I, like if you give people an inch, they'll take a mile, right? So if you go out there and say we compete against these younger wrestlers and you give them a little bit of hope, well, then they feel like they're going to make a change, right? But I feel like we've kind of done a good job of kind of shutting that door on these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are good wrestlers out there. We're just concentrated in the same countries, um, so I think that's we just got to you know obviously for he and I both being sharp and ready to go in our. Um, I think for both of us, really, it's you know it's a two step process: being sharp to make the team, and we both probably feel that's as difficult as winning a world or Olympic gold medal, and then it's being sharp against each other, and that's just kind of what it's been over the last handful of years. For, for years, you were one of the most active senior-level wrestlers. In the last couple of years, your schedule's been a lot more limited. How much has that contributed to your continued success at the world level and maybe even adding to the lo- your longevity in the sport? Well, I think, you know, that's a good question because I love to compete, you know. But I think, you know, from that time, from 2017 through the Olympics, you know, it was different landscape. You know, I didn't, my, I didn't have kids at the time, you know, my whole life revolved and I hadn't really achieved anything that I wanted to achieve yet. So my entire life revolved around training, recovering, competing, training cycles. And I was getting 
I remember looking in 2016 when I was watching the Olympics. I'm like, man, the best guys are wrestling 25 to 30 matches a year. Win or lose, they're wrestling. So I'm like, oh, that's what I need to do. Um, so I did it. You know, I went and I wrestled. I found a tournament every six weeks and I competed. And I needed those matches, right? We talked about earlier, like, you know, whether you're up 10 0, you're down 4 0, or whatever, you need to take down two takedowns in a minute. I put myself in every one of those situations. And that was really good for my development. Um, then obviously their tournaments weren't really available for a while. You know, I have family now. I, you know, I have a wrestling club at home. And every time that I'm gone, I feel that I'm missing out on things at home. So for me to leave, it has to be worth my time. And it's just, it's really, it's not. To go to a ranking tournament, it's not really worth my time. You know, um, to go compete in these all-star matches and stuff, th that's awesome, but kind of exhausted those resources. So at this point, it's just focused on getting, making the team, winning world championship. And uh, my room is more competitive than almost any tournament that I'm gonna enter in. So at any given Friday, I want to challenge myself. I can challenge myself against the best guys in the world. And it's just been a good recipe for me. Um, been able to train a little bit differently, um, can still stay super sharp, and uh, you know, and still be able to compete at a really high level. You talk about the room, Penn State, obviously the class, not just collegiately, but now senior level with the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club. What would you say, you know, you've been there since 2010. Um, what, what are the major changes you've seen in that room um, over the years? It's always been tough, always been good, but it, it's certainly evolved. What do you see that's a little maybe different or the same over the years? Nittany Lion Wrestling Club related? Yeah, Nittany Lion or, or Penn State. You're around, you're around that uh, as well. Uh, I mean, I just think culturally, you know, the coaches just, I mean, you're a product of your environment. You know, I, I've always believed that. And, and coming to Penn State, it's just become more evident. Our coaches set the culture and, you know, we follow. And um, it's just pretty amazing just the leadership that we have with our coaches um, and the leaders I feel like that have developed out of our program, whether it's Penn State or Nine Wrestling Club. It's pretty, it's just a special environment. Um, yeah, I mean, very high level, you know, you have a lot of people that are just want to get better every single day. And, you know, we're just constantly challenging ourselves and and because it's so high level, you know, we're staying super sharp. You know, I, I say that all the time, like it's, if I ever have a question of where I'm at, I can find out super quickly. You know, I can test my conditioning with Kyle Snyder, easy. Where's my conditioning, Russell Kyle Snyder? You know, like, okay, well, how's my speed and skill agility, Russell Kyle Dink? All right, if I want to challenge myself in any different technical area, um, you know, you get an opportunity to do that. And it's, although it's super competitive, um, I feel that, you know, obviously we, we believe that we have the best room and we want to be the best and kind of started that culture a long time ago at Penn State. I remember when we were freshmen, I mean, we believed we were going to win the national championship that year when nobody thought we would. We just thought we would and um, kind of set that pre precedent from a team standpoint, and it's just continually evolve from there. Any uh, any favorites to train with? You, you mentioned Dake. What's it been like the last year having him in the room full-time? It's been really good. Um, you know, Kyle and I, you know, we um, we were really, you know, obviously people know our story. Like, we were really good friends growing up, and then we compete against each other, and um, it wasn't super friendly for a while. and. You know, I think we both realized as we got to this senior level that, you know, training with each other 
made us better, kept us sharp, you know, and all we did it kind of remotely for a while. And then, um, you know, I'd always talk to him about, Hey man, you should really come down to Inline wrestling club and we can train all the time. And, and more than that, I just feel that, you know, Kyle and I have, you know, our families, we have a lot of synergies in our families and things that we value. And, um, and I, I, I say this and I truly believe it, you know, I think Kyle, you know, makes me a, a better person, right. Better dad, better friend. He's just a really high, high moral person. So, it's um that's just on the outside of wrestling which is great um and just from a wrestling standpoint i mean there's just he's the he is truly he's the best wrestler i've ever wrestled in my life and um he's so good in so many like literally every single area in wrestling he's the best in that area he just is so um i'm you know i just continue to try and encourage him to to do that in competition you know and uh I think we're a good balance for each other. We've been roommates, um, and he's uh, yeah, he's a special person. So really grateful to have out train with them, to be with them, and his family, and glad he made the move down here. It's been really good. Watching uh, this weekend, I mentioned Burroughs down at, at 74. I have a couple questions about that, but one, was there ever a time you thought, hey, this is maybe someone I'm going to have to beat to, to make a team eventually? He might be coming up to 86? I thought 100% he was going to 86 this year. Yeah. I thought 100% after I thought 100% this entire quad he was going up to 86. Um so I was pretty surprised that he went down honestly. I just in my mind I just felt like he was, you know, obviously a guy that I mean he'd be, you know, obviously there's some really good 86s and size-wise he wasn't the same as big as those guys are. Um but I felt that, you know, him being full size was more beneficial for him than cutting down to 74 kilos and also going through a gauntlet. Um, but obviously he decided that 74 was a better weight class for him. So um, he looked pretty good this weekend. I really thought I watched his matches and it's the best I've seen him wrestle in a long time. He looked more dynamic. Um, he looks, he looks hungry. He looks like he's refocused. I feel like he kind of thought maybe he elevated himself above wrestling and took it for granted. I thought, and it seems like maybe, and it's obviously a pretty humbling experience this year for him. And it looks like he's hungry and it looks like he's kind of, he looks better. He looks a lot better. So I think it was a good tournament for him to go to. And uh, yeah, he looks he looks as good as he's looked in a long time. Hey, do you guys, since he weighed in at 74.4, which is significantly under 76, was the limit. I feel like this might have been a tester for him to see how it feels. Like, <clears throat> why else would you cut that extra three point, you know, whatever, 3.4, 3.5 pounds? That's a lot of weight when you're sucking down. I feel like he wanted to get as close to 74 as possible so he knew exactly how it felt. What do you think? For, for the record, I don't think he actually weighed in there. I think Slay just kind of reported that, that he was weighing around that or at one point he weighed that. I don't know if that's what he weighed in at. I think that's how the article what? reads. Oh, yeah. really? But probably immaterial either way. Okay. He got low, right? Yeah. I just mm-hmm. don't know if that's what he hit on the scale for, for weigh-ins. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, for, for me, I, if you've listened to this show, I've been talking about him going up for basically the whole quad for essentially what David laid out. Yeah. I didn't think he was similarly functional at 74 scratch day of as he was day before, and I thought that was evident at the Olympic trials. I thought that's what I saw, but I kind of agree with David. I thought it looked like a different <clears throat> Jordan down at 74. And while, you know... Some of it's grain of salt with the level of competition. Hit the guy he yep. hit in the finals is is high level, but, but the, didn't the activity the space level. The guy, 
hold on, Christian. Uh, didn't the guy he beat in the finals lose to Joey McKenna earlier this year? He used I to be a 65 kilo guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, he's kind of high level-ish, but more talking about Jordan Burroughs is the best in the world. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I- I'm sure that is probably why he, he weighed in lower there, if I had to guess, just to, just to feel it. But, yeah, I was surprised. I mean, how much... Um, you know, as you look at the 74-kilogram field, David, um, outside of Kyle, who's sitting out, you know, what, seeing what Keegan O'Toole has done, looking at Jordan Burroughs, what are your thoughts on, on that bracket? Yeah, I mean, there's a, we just have a lot of depth in the Olympic weight classes, you know, because we're really good in the non-Olympic weight classes. So you take our non-Olympic guys and, you, you know, we already have three or four or five guys in the Olympic weight classes already that are willing to stay there throughout the quad that we're, we're probably in our Olympic weight classes. I mean, especially in those, you know, 74, 86, I mean, we're three guys deep that, that go to the world championships and medal or contend to win. So already, and then in doing so we're world champion level calibers at 70, 79 and 92. So, which is pretty awesome from a country, from a depth perspective. Now you consolidate all those guys into 86 and 74, pretty much. Um, and then we're 65, right? 65 is the same. 65 were deep in that weight class as well. And then obviously people have to make that decision. So, I mean, 74, you just, you have a mixture. I mean, you have, you know, people that are sticking around a lot longer than what people probably ever thought that they, that we would be. Um, and then you have these young guys coming through that are willing to break through. It's it's a deep weight class. Um, I mean, Jason Knopf also has competed at a super high level. Um, Keegan O'Toole is wrestling at a high level. And then you throw in all these younger guys, right? You have Mitchell and Levi Haynes and Alex Facundo um, and a bunch of other guys that have been medalists in the quad at the age group level that are going to be at 74 also. So... And I'm missing people, I'm sure, but there's not going to be any easy match. Which Whatever way is round, uh, Zane Rutherford going, just between us? That's not between us. We're on Flow Radio Live. Are you sure? <laughs> I think we are on Flow Radio Live. We haven't, we haven't started that. the show just, yet. This is just a warm-up. Just, uh, just give us a signal. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know what he's doing. Um, oh, man. Whatever way he goes, though, he's another guy thrown in there that's just like, yeah, it's wild. It's wild the depth that we have. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, 74 and 86, 65. I mean, all these weight classes, 57, 97, not quite the same. Um, whatever those first-round matches are, they're, every match is tough. There's not going to be really any easy matches for anybody to get through the mini-tournament, which is just going to be brutal. Yeah. yeah. How, do you, how does Nittany Lion Wrestling Club handle the, the tension – that invariably occurs with so many high-level guys competing for the same weights. I mean, Ben mentioned Zane. He's either going to go into Nick Lee's weight or Kyle Dake's weight. You've got Jason Nolf, who you mentioned, Starachi's there, you and Brooks, et cetera, et cetera. How have you guys been able to kind of handle or, you know, work through that, you know, tension of guys all after the same thing? Well, I think it's, it's natural evolution, right, when you have a college program that's as successful as what we've been. And people want to stay here because it's the you know we believe and not only do we believe i think it's pretty proven that it's the best you want to be a national champion you come to penn state 
right? You want to win a team championship, you come to Penn State. If you want to be a world champion, you wrestle for the Nine Wrestling Club. I mean, it's just kind of like what's been put in place. So natural progression is people stay at the Nine Wrestling Club. So you have this, and we're, we're all training together. So everybody's wrestling world-level people every single day. And uh, now you have this mixture of people sticking around a lot longer than what probably anyone ever thought we would stick around for and still com- super competitive. So you're having like three Olympic cycle generations. Um, and this is my fourth Olympic trials I'm getting ready for, you know, which is kind of wild, you know. So, you know, it's just that it's a mixture of all those things. And I, I just, again, the coaches and their leadership, I think it's important um, and how they handle things. And you'll, you're naturally going to have people that are going to be, you know, more accommodating more 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 training accommodating than others but that's the beauty of having so many great partners that everybody's getting great training um just a matter of who you're going with yeah no question uh ben do you have other questions for for david i could no i mean i was actually well i don't don't know if i want to argue with him but it's maybe a point of debate you said it's a natural thing for people to stick around um and i actually feel i kind of feel oppositely i feel like um Generally, in, in whether we're looking at fight teams or wrestling teams, when there's guys who have conflict of, I mean, we've talked about one with um, Leon Edwards and Ian Gary. Daniel and I talked about it on our show last week, where generally they actually kind of leave and find other places. Or you think about Usman and Gilbert Burns did the same thing when they were going to fight. Um, so I actually think, and maybe you can tell us some secrets, but I actually think it's something that Penn State and Kale have done particularly well to keep you know probably like at 74 the one and two and 86 the one and two like to keep them in the same room and keep them happy and let everyone feel like they have an equal opportunity i think that's actually pretty rare and not very natural if you look at like combat sports what do you think about that well i think natural progression in our room right because of the way that our expectations are um i think is different right i think yeah the easy way is the easy thing is like man this conflict i'm going somewhere else but I just think that we all feel, okay, well, where are we going to go? We're going to take a downgrade in every category, training partners and coaching to go somewhere else. So what's, you got to, you know, what's it worth? Is it worth, you know, what, what's, uh, you know, what, what do you, where do you think your best path of success is going to be? And that's just, I, mean, we, I think every single person probably has had that go through their mind. And then you just got to evaluate that. Some people have left and some people have left and come back. Some people, you know, obviously I think it's a, it's a pretty open, accommodating room and mm-hmm. i think whether you're the the worst guy in our room or the best guy in the room you're getting the same tension you want help yeah coach casey's going to help you coach kale's going to help you coach cody's going to help you coach varner's going to help you um just a matter of asking for it and uh you'll receive it and i just think a testament to them and their again their leadership yeah so I, I think when we looked at combat sports it's actually pretty rare that 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 many really high level guys are willing to stick around and train with each other. I think it's probably like the exception rather than the rule, which is, yeah, like it's probably a testament to the coaches and the culture. David mentioned MMA. Uh, are you considering the MMA route? I mean, I've seen a lot of, you know, polls. I was going to put him on the spot. The boxing gloves. Well, like he doesn't have to commit to a, a fight or anything, but, you know, is it something on the radar? It seems like well, it is. To, to put the heat on him, I was in <laughs> Vegas a couple weeks ago and there was a gentleman who was. I said, I think Dave, here's my, I said, I think Dave's going to do one fight just because he wants to, because he wants to see what it's like. And this, this gentleman was very convinced David was going to do it for like a long time. And I said, no way. I don't think so. So I guess let's put him on a hot seat. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely interested in MMA for sure. Um, 
it's uh i mean ben can attest this i mean i think we're a lot of wrestlers go wrong with mma is they just think it's going to be easy right oh i'm a really good wrestler this is going to be easy it's not right you step in i mean you're putting your life on the line in wrestling the worst thing that happens you get ankle lace and you lose whatever i mean and fighting it's different like you're stepping in the line with the killer right so it's a different mentality and you got to make sure you have that um i think that it's something that i'm definitely interested in um I've, I've i've done some training you know i like it it's been fun it's been enjoyable um just got to be I and mean, for me the biggest question is i've never i've been successful in anything i put 100 effort into so if decide i want to do mma and i put 100 effort into it yeah i believe i'll do it be super successful so but right now my main focus is wrestling obviously um i think you just can't balance the two of them especially in the olympic year you just can't it's too it's just can't put split your time like that um but if i decide to do it i want to do it i'm going to do it full time i don't want to dabble in it so um oh that's again that's one of those decisions i'll have to come to after 2024 and see what's best for me christian you want to hear my matchmaking expertise here okay let's hear it well here's the problem I, this is what i was telling the, the uh the person i was debating with in vegas i said well if you're the ufc you can't just put david in there um against you know, a number seven guy, and but David's only going to fight one time because he's good enough to take him down and just stay on top of him and punch him enough times to win. And then now you got your number seven guy losing to a guy who's never fought. That's not good. You don't you don't want that. That's really bad, right? So then it's like, but David's not going to want to go fight just like a a bum off the street. That's not what he wants to do. I'm sure. Uh, am I right on that, David? No. I want. Yeah, I want. I want to challenge. Fight. For sure. You want you want to fight someone challenging, right? So if you're the UFC, you're not willing to risk one of your um, higher profile guys getting embarrassed by a guy who's zero and zero. Um, I mean, that's kind of what happened to Tyson Fury. I think it, Jordan Burroughs versus David Taylor is the fight. Guys, that's the fight. He's had no fights. You've had no fights. You know, it's it's actually like you could put that on a UFC. You could put that as like a co-main or a third, like right away. Here's two world champions fighting each other. Never fought, but we want to see what they got. Christian, are you going to buy this fight or not? <laughs> I mean, you know I am. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be awesome. That That's my matchmaking skills right there. I don't know. For whatever reason, I do also don't like it. I don't want to see them what? fight each other. I don't know. I don't. I want to see him wrestle. I don't want to see him fight each other. But uh, I, I'd rather hear David's opinion on that idea than, than mine. <laughs> it's the fight to make. 100%. Ah, yeah. yeah. Oh 100%. Jordan, Jordan loves to dabble in things and just like see I'm not dabbling like he's he's like did his little MMA thing I said I'll fight you no matter what you want to do I'm in wait he I'm did in. an MMA thing what did he do I missed oh, he like he like teased like a little grappling striking thing and I oh, just I said name it I'm in you want to fight let's do it and he didn't respond which I don't I feel like when you call out for a fight you got to answer that question so <laughs> without a doubt like we we're on this we're neutral we both have no fighting at background. Yeah, zero and zero. We both have big brands. We have a world-level mm -hmm. drawing uh, concept, and um, we both would enjoy punching each other in the face. So, I mean, I think that, uh, yeah, it's a fight to make. So, oh, yeah. I'm ready. Jordan's ready. I'm ready to go. After 2024, <laughs> let's book it. Christian, Paul, I think we just did something on the show. Yeah, I think we did. Uh, I think you did. <laughs> yes. Maybe you did. Um, Co-main Elon, Zucker Elon Zuckerberg. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the card right there. Is Elon versus Zuckerberg. Uh, yeah. I'm on that card. Let's go. Yeah. Zuck oh, needs to gosh. heal from his ACL. I don't know if you guys saw it. So that's going to give us like, that would be like the perfect timing because, you know, he's going to need nine months or something. It's going to be great. 
Perfect, perfect timing there. So <laughs> just reading between the lines here, it, it seems a little more than just competitive rivalry with you and Jordan. Is it a, is it a little more personal at this point in your both your careers? Uh, I, I don't know if it's personal or not. I just, I think, um, let's see, how do I answer this question? Um, yeah, I, I think, what was the question again? Well, it seems um, it seems beyond just competitive, and this is someone you want to. fight. It sounds like you want to fight him and, and punch him. <laughs> I would, yeah. I mean, if we're going to get paid a lot of money, like why, why wouldn't we want to do that, right? So I feel that. Uh, no, I feel that it's it's in, in all in all jokiness. I, I think Jordan's like, I mean, I have a ton of respect for him for what he's accomplished on the mat and what he's done for a sport of wrestling. We're both getting towards. We're both getting towards the end of our wrestling career, right? I mean, I think that is what it is. So, you know, for us, like, if you know, we could wrestle each other, but the true opportunity for either one of us to make a lot of money um, with relatively the same risk would be to fight each other because it's a fight that people want to see. Um, we both have, again, we have the big, biggest brands in wrestling, a lot of success. Um, and for what Ben said, right? I mean, with zero experience to jump in and, and fight a really high level fighter, that's tough to do, right? We both would well, have to I, go in. In all fairness, I think you can win, and I think that's something the UFC would not want. Oh, 100 percent. No, I, I mean with full training, yeah, for sure. But I'm, yeah. I'm, my point is that, you know, okay, well, the, the real track is to go in and get a couple fights, get experience, and then you get yes. thrown into the mix, right? Yeah. Well, I don't think either one of us would want to go in and just do a couple and get thrown in the mix. We'd want to do something right away that's worth our time, and yes. that's the one that's worth it. Right. I mean, I think that's just for, for either one of us. If he's expressed interest in saying he wants to fight before, um, so it just would make it just makes the most sense for both parties and um, a lot more financial opportunity in that than in wrestling for either one of us. So um, again, if he wants to do it, I'm in. So you obviously have a, a fight in mind. Are there kind of uh, dream matches you have you still have in mind? You had called out Sajalayev. Man, back in the like 2020, and obviously that match wasn't able to happen at this point. Um, is that still a match you, you have circled? Does him losing kind of take some of the, the allure off that fight for you? No, I mean I definitely wrestle Sedgelayev. You know, it's just I've wrestled every legend in my era in wrestling. I've wrestled every single one of them. So, um, you know, he's definitely someone I want to wrestle. I don't want to end my career without competing against Sedgelayev. So. Just got to make it happen again. It's just, it's hard. It's, it, you know, you guys talk, I know you guys talk a lot about senior level guys wrestling, but to get Sedgelive and I to wrestle is going to be difficult. Um, it's just hard to make it happen. Um, so, but I would love for it to happen. And also this young kid, right? Um, I would like to wrestle him. I watched him wrestle and he's so dynamic. I mean, he, mm -hmm. he's very dynamic. I mean, he shoots, he scrambles. I mean, he cradles, he turns on top. I mean, he's got, I think he and I, a matchup with, with he and I would be super fun because I think we wrestle very similar to each other. Um, I'm really interested to see how big he is. I mean, he's a tall kid. I, my guess is he's going to end his career at heavyweight. I don't know what he weighs right now. So a matter of time, like, again, if that's a match that we could find a way to make it happen, I would definitely want to wrestle either one of those two guys. Um, Sedge Live is different. He's super defensive. You know, obviously his, his it would be a matter of, me finishing against his chest wraps, right? And and also that's the biggest thing. I have really good finishing and we have really good flexibility. Um, I don't think I'll get chest wrapped. Um, and I think I have a better gas tank than he does, but he obviously has a size and really good competitor. 
Where the other kid, I mean, he's a lot more dynamic. So I would expect more scrambles for sure, higher scoring match, but would be super fun. Um, yeah, I mean, I would like both those matches. Yeah, we would too. Maybe you just go up to 97 just for kicks, you know, as like a... <laughs> you already yeah. did it at 86. You win in 24, and then 25 through whatever, you're just, uh, you know, trying it up at yeah. 97. Have a little fun up there. That's where it would be so awesome to have more all-star matches. I, like, I'm i jealous of jiu-jitsu because I see there's all these all-star matches all the time versus like good guy versus good guy. Like, damn it, why don't we have that in wrestling? That would be so nice to be able to... Just David doesn't have to go to the tournament. They can just match them up, and then it can be the main event, and then they can wrestle. It'd be so awesome. Well, I think we should. I mean, we did those, and I think we should do yeah. more of them. I just feel that in the United States, like I feel that there's so much emphasis on making the team, right? And I think mm-hmm. nobody wants to give up like any type of competitive advantage to making the team. But we'd have to get over that part of it. And I think it's easier for me being the towards tail in my career to feel that way, right? Um, I think earlier in my career, I was thinking like, man, I, I don't necessarily want to do that. But if I, I want to line up as many awesome high level matches that I could wrestle, I want to do those, right? Because I love to compete. I feel like I'm wrestling at a super high level right now. You know, I want to wrestle these high level matches. Um, and those are the ones that are exciting. I, I want to wrestle the best people at their very best. And I want to see where I'm at. And I think, you know, the more of those that we can line up, it is, but I don't know, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's a, although they're awesome to watch, I don't know the feasibility of them, um, you know, for people to host those things, right? It just takes a lot. But find a way to make it happen, and I, I would love to wrestle the best guys. Um, always have wanted to do that, and I think that'll be fun. You had a, a comment that I appreciated after you won Worlds this year about just your historic level of, of dominance. You know, and not just for the current era, but for really the an entire era of wrestling. Um, where do you think you stack up in, in the hierarchy of some of the, the greatest of all time, David? Uh, I mean, I feel that when you talk about just winning matches, you know, or, or world championships or Olympic gold medals, you know, I, I don't have all of those things. Um, you know, yet. Um, I think it's, it's possible that I could get there, but, you know, I just – um, don't have maybe the, the double digit world titles um, but I don't necessarily know that is declares you the, the best of all time either you know I think there's a, a like a historical dominance that, that that plays factor in that so yeah I mean it's, it's relative to whatever you know whatever people are wanting to say but um, my expectation since I was 10 years old was minimal major decision when I stepped on the mat when I was 10, national tournament, or any tournament I went to, my bar was major, winning by eight points. Um, and pretty much, I don't know, averaging nine out of 10 matches since that time for 22 years, 90% of the matches I've wrestled have been that or better, probably. So, you know, I've just never been somebody that just wanted to win matches, you know? Uh, I always wanted to dominate. I just felt like that was what, I, what where I was, my mind was at. So. And I, you know, I'm just excited that uh, to be able to wrestle still at this level, to still be doing that this late in my career is exciting. And my expectation hasn't changed. I still have that same expectation. So it's up to you guys, I guess, for the rankings and stuff. But um, in, term, in terms of historical dominance, I'm not so sure that there's many other people that stack up in that. But um, in terms of titles, obviously, there's people that have more titles than I do. 
Hey, uh, yeah, that- I want to go off that. It's going to be a little bit of change of topic, but um, I think David's going to be jealous a little bit, probably. So one thing I, man, I feel like I'm an astute observer of wrestling, and I failed to make this observation uh, for many years. But after watching the Clarion Open, um, the tech fall and the major were always too far away. Right? I watched Mulvaney wrestle a match yesterday. He got three takedowns and two sets of four back points, and that was a tech fall. It's like, that probably should be a tech fall. The match should probably be over. But in old rules, we still would have been five points away. So I I think probably the biggest bonus of the three-point takedown and the four-point near fall is that the tech falls are actually a lot closer. But you could have just made those point totals less. David, are you jealous that these guys are going to be able to get bonus points way easier than you got them? <laughs> oh, I want to see. I, I just, I just, I, you know, I just talked about this on my podcast the other day. Like, I want to see people dominating. That's what people yeah. want to watch, right? I mean, you, you want to watch people go out and dominate. I just think it's skewed a little bit now because of the way that points are. I mean, a takedown to the back is seven points. So yeah. that and a minute riding time is a major decision right there. Like that was, I mean, that was in the first forty seconds of most of my college matches. I would have had a bonus. I would have had a major decision. Mm-hmm. So. I feel that, um, but I just want to see people doing that. Like it's like the rules are in place for you guys to dominate. The rules are in place for you guys to score a ton of points. Just go do that. You have a massive incentive now. Like there's a massive incentive to get takedowns, get multiple takedowns, to put people on their back. Um, I just feel like people sometimes get so caught up in just trying to win that now it's just like, okay, well, yeah, we've changed the scoring now, but we're still going to see four to three, six to four, which we don't need to see that. We can see yeah. matches be whatever i saw matches whatever bastido was like it was like 30 to 20 i don't know what it was like yeah. something crazy it was like yeah. he scored 32 it was points, a wild amount of points i don't know what it was but i want to see more of those yeah i would venture to guess that the percentage of bonus points i don't know if we have a, a total from last year but I, I think it's gonna go up because i know in the iowa match i watched some of those matches and it was like they were really competitive and all of a sudden there's two takedowns of their period and you're like wait we're, we're almost at a major like He's got to get one more, and it's a major. You know, whereas a match that was like a, a tied score or maybe a one-point lead, and then all of a sudden, boom, it goes to major like that. It's kind of crazy. But Super 32, they did three-point takedowns, and it was interesting, right? You take, you just go cold turkey, toughest tournament, three-point takedowns. Mm-hmm. And people just in their mind haven't adjusted to it. That's what it is. Like, you, definitely now yeah. with three-point takedowns, like kids and coaches – you have to practice new scenarios because you're you're like you're not out of the matches anymore. No. So we had a kid that got taken down to his back in the first period. He's down seven zero. You're like, oh my gosh, this is never coming back, right? Basically, in the old rules, right? In the semifinals, and well, he's he's in the process of getting a takedown at the end of the second period. It was our choice in the third. If he gets that takedown, seven three, you go down seven four. It's only one takedown away. So mm-hmm. the rules the points in the mindset changes like i mean you can go from getting a major to getting majored in two flurries basically right i mean it's like you be down seven zero feet to back feet to back now you're getting a major so it's just it's a big uh again i just think kids practicing like feet to back moves turks cradles massive like you're literally never out of a match yeah Um, that was the forest uh forest versus blaze was Blaze was losing by three, and in one sequence he gets takedown back points, and then right he had a ride time also. So he went he won by five, and you're like, well, five makes it feel like it's not that competitive. But he was down by three with a minute left or whatever, something like that. Yeah, crazy how how fast it can go like that now. Looking at David's uh, dominance collegiately, 
53 pins, 42 techs, 31 majors. You wonder how many of those majors would have been shifted to techs under three-point takedown, four-point near fall. I'm thinking a lot. Uh, that's yeah, it. it's like it's like a, I think it's like a two thirds type thing. So I think I mean the other thing, like I said, you could have done. You could have went ten point techs and like six point majors would would essentially create the same scenario. Um, but I think anything that's like a ten pointer likely becomes about a fifteen pointer as far as victories go. I have a question for David. I, it's it's a triv it's a David Taylor trivia question. Uh-oh. I don't know if you can do this. <laughs> I don't think I can. But you had 135 career wins, um, nine of them, by my calculations, in 2014, were by decision. Can you name all your decision oh, I victories? I guarantee he names all of them. I'll bet, I'll bet you, Christian. The only one, I, I think your first one was Jesse Dong. Uh, am I right? Yeah, at the uh, Ninja Line Open. Yeah, I remember that one, but then the others. Could, could you name all nine? All nine decisions in college? I bet you we can. Oh, it's been so long. Um... Oh boy! Are they all uh, in WrestleStat? Can I go look right now, Christian? No. <laughs> nice. So, uh, so St. John twice. Yes. Um, Mike Evans once. Uh, Jesse Dong. Um. Uh. Caldwell, five. I think Caldwell six. Yeah. I think Caldwell was twice. I think it was twice. Caldwell six. Um. Now it's getting tough. Uh, oh, Conrad pulls in the dual meet. Oh, that's seven. right. That was a crazy match. Yeah, I was. I was. I almost lost my mind in this match. I was going for the tech fall. I was trying to tilt him, and then he flipped on top of me in a headlock and almost pinned me. And then I lost the major. So it was. I was so. The whole sequence, like I worked so. He was a really, really hard guy to score points on. He was a good wrestler. And this match, I like opened him up, and I'm going to get a tech fall. So I'm trying to get him to tilt at the end of the period. End of the third period, he flips on top. He Luckily, he was just so tired, he couldn't pin me. That was pretty much what happened. He was so tired, he couldn't pin me. But I remember, not only did I, my goal was always to go a whole season without a decision. That was always my goal, and I was a little bit short in every one of those seasons. But that was one, and I lost the major. Adam. I remember. So that was tough. And another Illinois guy, Jackson Morse, but I think you, I think he took you down a couple times, but you still teched him? Oh, so I had two crazy matches with Jackson Morse. So my freshman year, it was just like the first period was, I think the first period was 13 or 14 to 11. So it was just like he took me down. I got up, took him down. I cut him. He took me down. It's just like crazy sequence. And I attacked him 26 to 11. Then my senior year, um, I don't know what happened, but I was actually really close to losing this match. So he had riding time, and I was on my belly. He had double legs in. I was on my belly, and I remember just the, the crowd, and I was losing. And I remember in the third period, and I remember the crowd just being silent. And I remember someone being like, "David, what are you doing?" And I'm just like, "I don't know. I wish I could tell you what I'm doing. It's embarrassing. I don't know what's happening out here." And then I got like a reversal and a turn, and then a turn at the buzzer, and I won by a major. But it was it was a pretty like wild exchange, um, one that nobody would know about because probably nobody was really watching. But Dang. I don't know. We were at seven now, so I'm trying to think of my last two. Um, what? What about Fittery? No, I majored. Oh yeah, Fittery. Yeah. But then I majored on the next year, so Fittery was one in the in the semis that year. So I'm one way. Did you major Arisman? 
Yeah. Uh, that was kind of close. Um, by David think, Taylor standards. That's crazy. My freshman year, I had the Big 12 champion first round in Arisman. Yeah. He was, he was tough to wrestle. Yeah, he's good. I would say Arisman or maybe another match with Evans would be my other. My, my yeah. Other. I think What's I made answer, it. Christian? I'm looking it up, bro. It's. Oh. Come on, um, man! You need this answer already. Let's go. Hey, I got an answer for you, Christian Piles. No, you thirteen to two. You majored him. I, I got an answer for you. Jason Bryant hooked me up. So last week I complained, and listen, I'll help all the listeners of the show. Last weekend I was complaining because when I was on track previously, the tournaments I had already looked at came up, so then I could just go. Oh, look it was again. Hatchet. It was Hatchet. That was my oh, ninth. Oh, that's right, oh, Brandon Hatchet. Yeah. You were secretly, uh, you're not that healthy for that match. Am I remembering this correctly? Yeah, I got really tired. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got really tired. At Lehigh, I would get, I always got really tired at Lehigh. Um, I don't know what it was, just their their gym or something. But that match since Hatchet was, I was still just sort of checked out from, you know, losing my freshman year. I remember just when I started my next year, I just, I was still kind of checked out. And that was a big wake up call for me in like, I got to get my stuff together, you know, if I want to get back on track. And then I teched him in the finals. So I was able to get it, get it back on track. Nice. That was emphatic. Christian, you got to be logged into track to get the, the tournaments to log okay. in. You've already logged. This, you need to help a, me on that. This one. is an important dialogue for the show with David Taylor on. You listen, you know how many wrestling fans out there are like, oh my God, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Listen, I'm doing the fans a favor. You're Send a, a tweet. Hater. You got a million followers. <laughs> Uh, okay. No, I don't. Oh, you're up there. I'm rounding. <laughs> I'm, I'm rounding, uh, Mr. Literal. Okay, we're coming up on two minutes. Uh, this is when, when David Taylor pr- turns on the heat on his opponents. Let me see if I can find a, a couple questions from people, because we had a couple for you in uh, here. Well, there's one dumb. Why doesn't the U.S. host international tournaments? We do. Uh, the Bill Farrell's coming up. We did the Dave Schultz. We you know what they mean. Kids. What? You know what they mean, like worlds, junior worlds, etc. That what they actually mean? Because I thought it's super I expensive. Actually, yeah, that's why. Because when we hosted them in, uh, we hosted Las Vegas, right? I think the fee wasn't very much money relative, and I think we did well, right? We had a good display, and I think after that the fee jumped. So it's like million or millions of dollars that you have to, I think, pay the fee to host. So it's impossible to make money. So. I think that's why we don't host more of them. But I do think that we have a bid for a world championship, maybe 2027. It is confirmed, 2027. Really? Not just a bid. Maybe, right? It will be in Las Vegas once again. Oh, wow. For seniors. Because that is the year before Los Angeles. That's awesome. And it's going to be in Vegas, though? Vegas. Not LA. Okay. Why is it always in Vegas? Like, that's uh, that's weird. Not a wrestling town. No. And then we have bids open for another year, 2025 or 26, like for age level, I believe. Okay. I thought someone did tell well, me. Also, we I think it's hard. Juniors. It's hard having them in the United States because, like, visa situations. Like, it's it's easy to travel to, like, European countries for everybody. Uh, just travel, ease of travel. Whereas, like, getting to the United States is a much harder travel for a lot of people. Like, there's not many countries in Europe that people can't get into. Whereas I think getting to the United States, it's it's a tougher process. So I think that's another reason why we don't host them. It's expensive, and I think it's a little bit more difficult for people to get here and stay and stuff. That's a very good point as well. Hey, last last thing before we go, because we're almost at time. But someone asked if you could ever see yourself coaching at the D1 level um, or even at Team USA in the future. 
I think so. I mean, I think, I mean, I, I love coaching. I mean, I really enjoy it. Um, I think both those jobs are, you know, exciting jobs and have different, um, you know, doing something as an athlete is one thing, doing something as a coach is definitely something different. Helping kids achieve their goals is, I think, some people have that, some people don't have that. I, I enjoy that. But I think college coaching has evolved. I think college coaches have like nine different responsibilities, full-time jobs now, you know, with so many different things going on. Um, would like to see all this NIL stuff settle down and get a little more regulated to an extent, you know, I think, uh, but it would definitely be something that would be fun. And the coaching job at Team USA is, is, is a fun job too, but I mean, the RTCs really are a huge piece of that, you know? So I think one way or the other, I love wrestling and we'll see what, uh, what it, what the future holds, but both would be fun. Awesome. Well, we'd love to see any of that. Hope to see you stay as involved in the sport as possible. David, want to give you the last word. Anything you, you want to pump? Congrats. You got another uh, baby girl on the way. Congrats to you and your wife. But uh, anything else before, before we let you go? Oh, yeah. December 30th. Um, December 30th in Kansas City, Missouri. We're doing the David Taylor Classic. It's going to be super fun. It's going to be a youth tournament during the, during the morning. And then in the evening, we're going to have some pro wrestling matches and pro grappling cards, as well as the kids wrestling on an elevated stage. Uh, it's in Kansas City, Missouri. The sign-up's on trackwrestling.com. So um, that'll be really fun. So December 30th, do a meet and greet during the day, doing the commentating in the evening. The kids will walk out, raise platform, music, and then compete along the pros. So I think that'll be really fun. So if you guys are interested in saying what's up and wrestling a fun tournament, see you in Kansas City on December 30th. That sounds awesome. David, so appreciative of your time. Thank you so much for coming on. We'll be seeing you in a couple weeks in State College, All-Star Classic. You're going to be on the call uh, for that, for that, and we can't wait to hear you. You're, get, you're getting some of your broadcasting chops out this uh, the early part of the college season. Yeah, looking forward to it. it. Should be fun. You know, I think you know commentary is uh, it's fun, it's challenging in a different way. I'm looking forward to uh, being a part of the broadcast. So we'll see you guys there at the All Star match. Should be a lot of fun matches. No doubt about it. Ben, thank you. JD, thank you. We'll be back next Thursday. This Thursday, that is. Plenty of wrestling to still get to. That's gonna be, We're going to have to either condense that show to a ton of stuff from last week or this week, or we're going to have to go maybe a little bit over. Because we got a lot to get to. Thank you guys so much. Special thanks to David Taylor. And special thanks to you for tuning in on this Monday. So much wrestling content on the site right now. Check it out. Tons of weekend recap stuff. Rankings getting updated as we speak by this guy as soon as he gets off here. Him and Kozak got their work cut out for him. Marcus Blaze, number two in the country. We'll see. (laughs) Thanks, guys. See ya.